Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Amen. All right. You guys can have a seat. How are we doing? Uh, how are we doing? All right. That's better. Much better. That's good. You, you should be excited because I'm going to start our time together by performing a miracle. Well, some of you think that's funny, huh? Those of you visiting are like, oh, it's that kind of church. Oh, didn't know. That didn't come across on the website. No, I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perform a miracle. I'm about ready. You shouldn't be so skeptical. You guys ready? Okay, good. Ready? Here we go. You don't look impressed at all. <laughs> Some of you are. I didn't think Jamie could walk without tripping. I mean, right? I am literally standing on these feet, holding up my weight, right? Like, that's a miracle that we take for granted every day. Right? If I wake, when I wake up in the morning, right, and I get up and I'm getting to that point where I'm like, wow, that didn't hurt when I went to bed. Like, what happened? Weird dream, right? But I stand on my own two feet. I probably don't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, right? It's a miracle. And then I take a deep breath. It's a miracle I didn't just breathe in a bunch of pollen and choke on myself, right? And I, I take an oxygen that if I didn't have for like a minute, I would die. I don't think of that. I just breathe, right? And then I, I walk down stairs, and then the greatest miracle God ever gave us, I fill up a cup of coffee, right? <laughs> Whew. That means my family doesn't have to die today because I just drank that coffee. And, and, and then I open my eyes. I look. I see my, my wife or my, my two kids. And, and the fact that, have you ever studied the intricacies of the eye? Like, it's crazy, but it's something I take for granted. If you have heart of, of seeing or you're blind, you'd know what a miracle it is to see, right? And, and, and yet, then I, I, I see my, my kids, and I'm like, man, I was there when both of them were born. That was a miracle. Like, I kind of, at the time, wished that I was more of my dad's generation when you waited in the waiting room, right? But I was so thankful when I saw that birth. What a miracle. Now, you know, 19 and 16, I've seen them grow, learn, do things, right? Like, what a miracle I take for granted, right? A miracle that, that, I, that I can look at my wife and my kids, how much I love them, and, and they're somewhat fond of me, and, and that's a miracle, right? And I could go on and on, and my point is, right, we miss so often because we see the problems and we forget to praise God for all that he's done. And so we're going to see what we would call a legit miracle today in Acts chapter 3 in our series. But I don't want, as we look at that, I don't want you to forget all of the miracles God's already done and still does. And because of what he's done, we can trust him for what he will do. Let's pray as we go to God's word. Father, I, I thank you for the miracle of life, for the miracle of friendship, for the miracle of new life in Christ. Thank you to so many of us as we celebrate the Lord's Supper today that we, we could celebrate that miracle of once was lost and now we're found, once dead and now alive, once headed for separation from you and now we can be with you for all of eternity because of Christ. What a miracle. Thank you, God. And Father, we pray for those who don't know that yet that they would you invite them into your family, you rescue them through your word, that they put their faith in you, the power 
of the name above all names, Jesus Christ. And it's his name we pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. So we're in this series in Acts, and we closed last weekend with the end of chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, we'll put it on the screen, but we're going to go right to verse 1, chapter 3. By the way, you can use our pew Bible if you want, and if you don't own a Bible, please take that. It's our gift. Uh, If you know someone who doesn't have a Bible, please... uh, Grab it. We won't accuse you of stealing. So you can turn to chapter 3, verse, verse 1. By the way, all weekend I got green. Go Celtics. All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. If you don't know who the Celtics are, you should find a new church. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Not really. All right, stop encouraging me. we got to get to this. All right. Um, so as, as we get here, if you were with us last weekend, the end of chapter 2 was Luke giving us sort of a, a survey of what, um, what happened. And, and the church was growing, right? A mega church had blown up. This, this measly 100 plus disciples has turned into well over 3,000. And, and yes, there's mess. Remember, this was a picture of the church, but they're human and they have mess just like we do. They have problems and conflict just like we do. And yet, they're growing and they're coming to know Christ. And so we're going to start seeing the opposition, not this week, but it begins with a miracle and it happens at the temple. And so I, I, I want a lot, a lot of you, um, when we see this miracle, you've read it before. Uh, not all of you, but, but a lot of you. So, so, so please, use your imagination. Don't tune out. Pretend you're there. If you were amongst the devout Jews who were at the temple and you're watching this take place, what would that be like? Okay? We're going to see this miracle. If you're going to be honest, it's a lot like the miracles in the gospel. Except that's why it's so important. Jesus is no longer walking around with them. He sent his spirit And the miraculous healing is still taking place. The power of the message is even greater, which Jesus had promised as he would send his spirit. And so we we have in verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John, of course, Jesus' apostles, were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Now that's for us 3 p.m. There was two times in the temple uh, where devout Jews would go, and they were uh, for organized prayer together. And it was always associated with uh, morning and evening sacrifices. So 3 p.m., of course, is associated with the, the evening sacrifice. A lot of people would say, well, Peter and John are Christians now. Isn't that a new religion? That's not how they, they, they looked at it at all. Um, almost all of the Christians at this point were Jewish, right? So they didn't look at it. We just changed religions. They looked at Christ as the fulfillment of all the promises of the Old Testament. The Savior's come. The Christ has come. Right, the, the suffering servant of Isaiah has come and, and fulfilled in Jesus. So at least initially, right, before it would go out to the Gentiles and the temple was destroyed, they're still following their Jewish roots. They just see Jesus as the fulfillment of that. So they're there at organized prayer. And here's where you want to use your imagination. You're there. You show up in prayer. Maybe you're there with your, your family or maybe you're there by your, yourself. And all of a sudden, you see James and John. You don't really know who they are, right? You, you, you've heard a few things, but you don't really know. And you watch this take place. It says, a man lame from birth. So, of course, that, that's not just an insult you say to your brother, right? This is uh, someone who has been crippled. But not recently. An accident didn't play, uh, take place. But literally from birth. So if you know someone like that, right, their, their legs would be often deformed and really thin and small. This man has never, ever, ever known the thing we all take for granted, the sensation of being able to get up and bear all of our weight on our legs. He's never known it. Imagine. Right? Some, we have people in our church that have never known that. 
So that's what this state of this man was. So he had family and friends who, who clearly cared about him because they carried him, probably on some type of stretcher. And they laid, daily, uh, they laid him daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. So he's, he's, um, he's a beggar. They didn't have social security. They didn't have all that kind of stuff, right? So if you were in this state, you couldn't work. You begged. And so every day, he had people that walked him all the way into the temple and laid him out. It's called the beautiful gate. Historian, uh, the Jewish historian Josephus tells us, this was the gate that you went from the court of the Gentiles, and we've shown you the map of the, the, the temple before. That's where everyone could go. And then you have the court of the women, which is devout men or women who are not unclean, who are Jewish, could go. So that's where everyone's headed because the time of prayer is in there. And so, so this was a very strategic place to sit, right? You get people who are going in and, and, and maybe feeling like, well, I, gotta, I sinned, I kind of blew it, right? And you can kind of pray on that. Hey, so think of this mechanically. Like if you've ever been in the city and a homeless person is, is begging for change, right? And, and, and think like the different emotions depending on the time. Maybe sometimes you were like feeling like you'd wanted to help them. And other times you're like, oh, I didn't see him, I didn't see him, I didn't see him. Right? Other times you judged him. Let's just be honest. Well, if you got a job. Well, if you weren't this, right? And then you feel terrible about it. But those are all the things this guy's dealing with every day. Well, he's mechanically. You have any change? You have any money? You have any money? And, and, he's, and he's, I'm sure, been calloused at this point. Most people are crossing, looking away. This guy, every day with this guy, right? And others would give him some change. And so that's what he does. And he, and he doesn't really see any difference between uh, uh, Peter and John and anyone else. He just asks them like he asks everyone else. He got any change. But something would happen. In verse 4, um, Luke tells us this. Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John. Now, in the book of Acts, it's a little clue when you're reading it. When Luke uses that term, any term like that, fixed their gaze or look at or with intensity, this is a signal that something very important is about to happen. It was a device that Luke used. So it says, he look, they, they look at them and they say, look at us, right? And so then the beggar fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. So that, you, you see that? There's this intensity now. He goes from mechanically going, you got any money, you got any money? And now these guys are like, are like hey, look at us. And so you know what he's thinking. Ooh, I got a customer, right? Because very few people are going to be like, hey, look at me, and then, walk on by. So he's like, maybe, I don't, these guys don't look that special, but maybe they'll give me some serious cash, right? And so that's got to be going through his head in this, in this uh, uh, interaction with Peter and John. But of course, we, we read in verse 6, now Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and you see, in the English, we don't see this, but in the Greek, the very first two words in the sentence are silver and gold. Right? That's important because what he would have heard them say is silver and gold. And you know what he's thinking? Woo! Right? Cash. That's what I need. I need silver and gold. This is going to be a, this is gonna be a good interaction, but the very next words are, I do not have. And there was a split second there, Right? Maybe kids, when you went trick-or-treating, and that house looked wealthy, you're like, man, this is going to be full-size candy bars at this place. And they hand out apples, granola bars. 
made good weapons, chucking them at their windows. Don't do it. Don't do it. Chuck it at somewhere else, all right? But, but that's how you feel. Like, are you kidding me? Like the hope is gone. I don't have that. What I need is cash. I don't need your religious track. I don't need your tips for advice of how to live. I need money. And so they say, we don't have silver or gold, but we have something greater. What could be greater? I tell you, get up and, and in the Greek it says this, be walking. Not just walk one time and then go sit back down on your, right? Be walking. For now on, you're going to go from never, ever, ever having walked to be walking. We find out later he's in his 40s. Imagine how long he suffered under this and now he's been. So I would think if you're that guy, you're sitting around there like, this, these people are crazy, right? That's not going to happen. But it does, verse 7. And he took him by the right hand and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Luke's a physician, by the way. So he uses words that you don't always hear, right? Like he understands a difference in the anatomy of the foot and the ankle, right? So you can almost imagine the beggar never, ever felt it. He raises up. This isn't, hey, I got some physical therapy for you, and then we'll see what your health insurance will do, right? This isn't, oh, let's take an x-ray. This is, get up and be walking, and he just immediately feels strength in his legs and his ankles and his feet. What would you do? You'd probably do what he did, right? Which was this. And leaping up, right? Like you're not going to be like, well, let me just walk really carefully. You're, gonna, you're probably going to dance. You don't want me to start doing that, right? Oh, great, it's that kind of church. No, don't worry about it. Just do the lawnmower or something. That's probably what I would do. You'd be leaping up, right? He stood. He began to walk right? And then he entered the temple with them. So he goes to prayer with them, and he's walking the whole time, leaping and praising God, right? Imagine the scene. It's a solemn time of prayer. This is church. Be quiet, right? James and John got to be laughing, right? Because he's clutching to them, goes in with them. They're all like, isn't that the dude? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that, isn't that? He's like, woohoo, right? Praise God. Praise God. And they're like, man, what is wrong with that guy, right? And they go in, and, and Luke tells us, in verse 9, all the people saw him walking and praising God twice. That's not to be repetitive on accident. You're to understand the result of this healing for this man was to what? Praise God. You see, every one of us should wake up in the morning and be like, praise God. But we don't because we take it for granted. But he didn't. He's like, praise God that I'm healed. Right? Verse 10, they recognized him as one who sat at the beautiful gate, the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Reminds you of Pe- Pentecost. When, when they see the miracle of the Spirit and they're just filled with what is happening here. Now verse 11, I think, takes us ahead a little bit in time. Because this is going to happen at what's called the porch, or the portico of Solomon, which was actually in the court of the Gentiles. So probably between 10 and 11, they go in for the prayer. He's leaping and praising God the whole time. And now they're coming out, and they're back in the court of the Gentiles. And, and, and look, it says, While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico, portico called Solomon. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. So he's about to speak again. But first... That's the seed, right? They're back out walking and he's still clinging to them. Why? It doesn't tell us. I think 
It's because just like any of you, have you ever just received such an amazing blessing of God and you're afraid you're going to lose it? Right? And, and he can walk, right? And he's like, well, what if all of a sudden I, I can again? I need these guys, right? These are the guys who healed me. So he's clinging to them. Peter's about to speak to the whole crowd because they're, 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 they're all astonished and they want to know what's happening here. He's about to speak to all of them, but he's including uh, the, speaking to the beggar himself. And what he's going to say, as we're about to uh, see, is don't look at us. <laughs> don't cling to us. This was done in the power of the name of Jesus. Look to him. Watch what he says. We're not going to look at his whole, whole speech, just the first part. We'll look at the rest next week. He says, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? Why are you looking at us, right? Uh, as though by our own power or piety, our own religiosity, our own good works, that we've done this, right? That we've made them walk, right? You're looking at us astonished. No, no, no. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus. He's saying, he's giving them the, they're Jews, right? For the most part, right? They're, 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 they, they, he's giving them the covenant name of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, of our fathers, the God who parted the Red Sea, the God who rescued us from Egypt, the God of the plagues, the God of the walls of Jericho, that God, right, who has promised us a Messiah, a Savior, a new kingdom, right? That God, he glorified himself in Jesus, Right, so that, that's awesome, right? But Peter has a propensity to getting the crowds he speaks to angry at him. If you remember Pentecost, his sermon started with, you all killed Jesus, and then closed, just in case they forgot, with, don't forget you killed Jesus. And he kind of does the same thing, mid-sentence. He's glorified his servant Jesus, right, <laughs> whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. You were part of killing Jesus. Even Pilate, that weasel, he would have given us back. But you said, no, we want Barabbas. We want a, we want a murderer instead of the holy one of God. He's using language they would have recognized, the righteous one, from Isaiah 52 and 53. The suffering servant, the one who was to come. right? And he says, he, he's Jesus, and you killed him. You denied him. Now remember, Peter denied him too, didn't he? So while he's preaching, he's remembering his own life too. He's not just casting judgment on them. He's trying to see that they need this Jesus. But he continues in verse 15. He says, you killed the author of life. Wow. Whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith, in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is, through, that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. The power of the name of Jesus. Name is not just what you sign. Name in the Bible is all of who you are. Every aspect of who you are is in your name. So I don't know about you, but whenever we sing a song or when we talk about the name of Jesus, I can't help but, but soar in worship because it's in that name that I stake every aspect of my eternity. And so many laugh and mock and I cling 
to the powerful name of Jesus. It's everything. It's where I've staked my life. And so when I hear the name of Jesus, my heart soars in worship despite my many problems, weaknesses, and struggles. The name of Jesus. That's who you put your faith in. Now, if you were there, you might have remembered. You might have remembered Hebrew school. Sort of like Sunday school for us. Except you learn about the Jewish Old Testament scriptures and the promises of God. And you would have maybe remembered very important scriptures of when God will come in Isaiah chapter 35. Maybe, this is just conjecture, right? We'll just kind of leave the word of God over there. I'm just going to come over here, right? Just conjecture. Maybe during that prayer meeting that very night, somebody read from Isaiah 35. The reason I think that's a possibility is how many times after preaching, you all come up to me and be like, it's amazing. You mentioned that scripture. I was just reading that this morning. Or my Bible study or my small group or this. We were just, isn't that crazy? No, just God knows how dumb we are. And he attacks us in all different directions. I don't know, but that Isaiah 35, it, it preached of a hope of salvation. When the Lord will save. Watch, watch what they would have remembered. If you really feel it, it'll give you goosebumps. If you're there, it's that this is the, the promise from hundreds of years before. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Right? There's going to be a time of salvation. When? How will we know? How will we know it's that time? Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. When the tongue of the mute sing for joy. He's saying, it's in the name of Jesus that this lame man is leaping. And you know what that means. The healing of physical legs, that's nothing compared to who this Jesus, what he's come to do. He's come to heal your soul. He's come to restore, usher in the kingdom, to fulfill all the promises of God. All under the name of one name. The righteous one. The holy one. Jesus. And so the call, Acts 3.16, his name. By faith. By faith in his name. The power is in his name. That's what he's saying. My friends, this is who we've been waiting for. Jesus of Nazareth. It's in his name Right? And it's the message that's come down throughout history to today as we sit here, the power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The message is, he is all you need. He's enough. He died on the cross for every last sin. He's enough. He rose to new life. So shall you by faith. He's enough. He is enough. That's the message. Because of the power of the name of who Jesus is. Right? And we got, we got so many walking around. They're trying to find satisfaction, salvation in so many other things. If I just get that new relationship, if I just get more money, if I get that promotion, that job, once I get out of this season of grief, once I, once I, once I, I'll be satisfied. 
The younger you are, the more you think you will find it. All these old people screwed it up, but you're not going to until you get to be probably in your 30s somewhere. I was talking last week to a not a Christian, someone I talk to regularly, and he's in his early 30s. And he's like, oh, Jamie, it's like, I went out Friday night. So many people my age. See, they do the same stupid stuff over and over and over. They get drunk. They do drugs. They do all this. They're just sleeping around. It's like, all of, what is right? He was just like, I, I don't want that. And I'm like, what's happened is they've gotten to a certain point where they've realized all the things they thought would satisfy them can't, and they're numbing their pain with all this garbage. Because that's what happens. Especially those who present the most confidence. You see them on the Instagram, right? You see them, right? Like, I got it all together. And you're even jealous sometimes. Look at how their house, look at that. Look at everything's perfect in their life. Yep, all you, right? And, and I got to tell you as a pastor, I've had so many of these conversations. Trust me when I tell you that those people as much as anyone, when they lay their head on the pillow at night, know it's not enough. It's never enough. Because only the power of the name of Jesus is enough. And then some people make a lot of money selling you books, making podcasts for you to listen to, watch their YouTube channel, and, and their message. If you, find, you will find deep within yourself, it will be enough. And you watch, and you listen, and you read, and you pay, and guess what? It's never enough. And you think it's just you. It's not. It's the power of the name of Jesus. He's enough for all of eternity. And I know a lot of us know that, but maybe you don't. Do you know, and I shouldn't care more about you than everyone else, but I do. It's just how it is. I, my soul aches for you to know the world does not have the answers the name of Jesus does. Friday night, um, Heather and I were with Paul and Jocelyn were over there. They're friends of ours, and they, they uh, brought us to a Christian concert. And it was thousands of people worshiping Christ. And it was amazing, right? So if you've ever been in that, it's just awesome, right? You're just with so many people, most of you don't even know, right? And you're just like, wow, this is just great. And yet, I kept looking over because we had great seats, and there was this platform where every once in a while one of the artists would come down. And so there was uh, security sitting around it, three or four guys who were worked for the arena. So I don't know, right? I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they're not Christian. And I had no idea. And they could have been the strongest Christians in the room, no clue. But they may not have been, right? So... That's where my mind's going the whole time. Like, man, I hope this music and this testimony, God use it, right? And even at the end, one of the security guards clapped, and I'm thinking, ooh, maybe, right? And so that's, that, that, that later on, we're, we're, we're talking. I think it was Justin was like, I just couldn't help thinking about the security guards. And then Paul and Heather were like, yeah, we couldn't either. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not more righteous than everyone else. We were all thinking the same thing. Right? And that's what we're thinking about you. That's what everyone is thinking about you. If you've never trusted the name of Christ, we so desperately want you to. We're, we're not a cult. We're not going to make you. We're not going to close the doors. We just know you need him just like we all do. And so we're not ashamed to say it. Yes, all you need to do is put your faith in the name who I put my faith in. And so many of us have put our faith in. The answers lie nowhere else. Not your bank account, not your relationships, not your success, not your career, not your health. None of it. It would all fail you eventually, but never will the name of Jesus. The power of the name of Jesus. And Christians in the room, man, this is our job. Don't, 
don't get it confused. I know a lot of you are like, I got this neighbor, I got this friend, I got this family member, but what if I screw it up? What if I mess up? What if they see my life and they think, right? We all ask those questions. Don't complicate it. Your job, just like Peter, point them to Jesus. Point them to the name of Jesus. They were like, well, you're kind of hypocritical. Yeah, I am. Welcome. Welcome home. We don't worship Christians here. We worship Christ. We're all being cleaned up. Right? We're all messed up that, that God is redeeming and restoring. Welcome, right? Point them to Jesus. I, oh, my favorite, um, I mentioned Charles Spurgeon so much that some of you think he's a member of the church. He died a long time ago. He went to be with the Lord. He's called the Prince of Preachers. Man, that's a title. None of you call me that, I'll tell you that, right? But he was, right? And, and I've read just about everything that there is to know about Charles Spurgeon. And um, he was in, in London. My favorite story, though, is when he was a teenager and he came to Christ. He would go to church every week. He would walk to church. Long distance, right? Probably uphills both ways, right? And, and one day, there was a huge snowstorm. And so he's walking to his church and he's like, this is too much. And he came about a church he'd never really been inside. And so He's like, I'm not going any further. So he went in that church. And it was low attendance because it was a huge snowstorm. In fact, the preacher who was supposed to be in the pulpit that day didn't make it because of the snowstorm. So some poor leader in the church, godly man, who had no business preaching, wasn't his gift, stepped into the pulpit, and as Spurgeon describes it, it was pretty terrible. Like he just kind of had a verse and he was just kind of stammering and, and repeating himself and didn't really know, right? But he was just like there trying to do it. And yet he kept saying for salvation, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And it probably wouldn't have made a whole lot of difference except the guy does what no preacher should ever do. He pointed at the teenage Spurgeon. He said, you, young man, imagine you're visiting a church and the preacher's like, you, me? He says, you need to look to Jesus. And God used that. It's when Spurgeon came to Christ and all of his doubts fell. And the prince of preacher was born. So many people impacted by the ministry of Charles Spurgeon. But what if it hadn't been for a nameless, terrible preacher on a snowy morning that had just simply said to that teenage Charles Spurgeon, look, look, look to Jesus. That's your job. That's the mission. Point them to the name of Christ. Let God do the work. Don't be afraid. And, and, and I know, like, when we talk about the, the, the power in his name, make no mistake about it. There's a lot of Christians in the room who are like, okay, I'm glad you're talking to those who aren't, but what about me? I'm just here to say, I need you to hear me. The power of the name of Christ is not just for your salvation. It's for every single area of your life. I talk a lot. We have these conversations, right? How many times? Literally, I'm talking to Christians. Have you, have you entrusted your internal soul with Christ? Yup. Why can't you trust your marriage? Well, uh, you can't. It's not going to happen, and it's hopeless, and it's pointless. Why can't you trust that health situation with you or someone you know? Why can't you trust? Well, but, but, Pastor, I, I, but, 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 but there's a gap. And there is for me, too. There's times I pray about something. I'm like, that's never going to happen. I just hurt myself, man. <laughs> because I'm like, what do you mean it's not going to happen? And here's not what I'm saying, okay? Please hear me, because a lot of theology like this has done great damage to souls. I'm not saying if you believe hard enough, you will be healed. Okay, what I'm saying is, the power of the name of Jesus, you can be healed. 
Your marriage can be restored. Your period of grief, grief will turn around. And if it doesn't, or if it's not restored or healed in the way you wanted, the Lord Jesus knows better, and he's going to work it all to your good. You just got to trust him. He has a better plan. He's going to do even greater work in it. Whatever that, I want to ask you, what is it? Would you walk in here today saying it's not going to happen, can't happen, won't happen? I'm not, again, I'm talking to those of us who have said, I am going to be in heaven forever despite all of my mess and sin because of Jesus. You trust him for that. Trust him with whatever you brought in here. Whatever that problem is, trust him. Right? Trust him. And I want to ask you to just cling to him. Don't cling to me. You don't want that. Don't cling to another person. Cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, look, look to him. I want to I uh, close with this. A lesson from a cripple since birth. You see, power is in his name. That should always lead to praise to his name, shouldn't it? Had a cripple, what happened? Got healed. He can just go home and say, cool, I can go to work now. What's next, right? That's not what he did. He leaped, right? Leap. You say, oh, great, it's that kind of church. It was relax. You can be Baptocostal if you want. It's all right. But like, like the more we understand what he's done, the more our heart soars, but the more we take for granted that I can walk, I can run, I can speak, I can see, I have a wife, I have friends, I have a home, I have a church, I have salvation, right? The more, yes, you know what I also have? Problems. So do you. And I'm not saying you ignore the problems, you know, just uh, pretend they aren't there. You're human. I'm just saying the more you recognize all he's done and you praise him, you will be able to look beyond your problems. Right? The more you recognize all that he has done, the more you will trust him and the power of his name for what he will do. But if we're constantly wallowing in just what's happening right now and forgetting all that he's done, it's going to be easy to forget. It's going to be easy to lose faith. And it's going to be easy to lose heart. So I'm calling you to be like that cripple. And praise God. Sometimes you know what it takes? It takes for the threat for it to be taken away. I do a lot of funerals, and I tell almost every single family, even the ones I don't even know a soul in the room, it's a privilege and an honor for me to be here. And one of the reasons is because I recognize what I have. My dad's still with me. My wife, my kids, they're good. Right? Like, like, like all that God has done, man, I, I, that, praise God for that. I took that, I woke up today taking that for granted. Taking my health for granted until it gets taken away. So I'm just calling us to leap, and it might not be physically leap, but our heart to say, look what God has done. And then let that work in your heart to remember what he's going to do. The power of the name of Jesus leads us to the praise to the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Your name, Lord Jesus, the name above all names. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Salvation is found in your name alone. 
Oh, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who need to be reminded of that. Lord, remind them of all you have done so that they might trust in you for all that you will do. Lord, I know, you know, far greater than I, the problems that are represented in this room. If we laid them out like rocks, it would be so much weight in this broken world. So much worry, so much stress, so much loss, so much grief. Oh Lord, we lay them before you. Remind us that you can be trusted with those griefs and sorrows and stress. Remind us of the power found in your name, Lord Jesus. Remind us of all that you've done so that we might praise you through song, through prayer, through testimony, through our attitude to praise your name. And Lord, I pray for deliverance. I pray by the power of Jesus' name you'll bring healing in this room to relationships, to physical sickness, to grief that just seems like it's unending, to loss that seems impossible to get over, that you would bring healing and in only a way you can, oh Lord Jesus. But lastly, but really firstly, I pray for those who walked into the room not having ever trusted in you, Jesus. That you would reveal to them, not through my words or my fancy sounding sentences, but through your power, O Spirit, reveal to them that there is no other name or method that will save their soul but the power of the name of Jesus. And that they would lay their yes of faith. They would just simply say yes to you, Jesus. You died for them. You rose in victory. You're coming again. Bring new life into this room or those joining us online. Or Lord, just you do what only you can do. That's what we want to see. We plead with you to do it. We, we, we hammer on, the, on the, the gates of heaven to save someone else from their sin and shame and, 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 and separation. Save them from themselves, Lord. We know we're not worthy, but your grace is greater. We thank you that there is an answer to all of this brokenness and it's found in your name, Jesus. And so together we praise you and together we pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's stand and praise him because he is worth it.